Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books and cats. lovers welcome back this week i wanted to do a recap of the 24-hour readathon which i did recently i had an entire day of reading and relaxing and it was so amazing i found this through a random article i think it was on bookriot.com about how to prepare for a 24-hour readathon and then the one i participated in is called dewey's 24-hour readathon I didn't really participate in any of the challenges this year, but I did manage to get through 22 out of 24 hours of the readathon. I started at 5 a.m., which was a little later than I had originally planned, and then I crashed at 3 a.m. the next morning. So close. <laughs> but it was still a really great day. I felt so relaxed and re-energized. My family was super supportive, and they even brought me snacks throughout the day. Um, and would just kind of hang out with me whenever I took a little break and ask me how it was going. And it was just really nice. My hopeful goal was to complete two books during the readathon, and I did that plus some. I chose books that I had started in the past but then got distracted from, mostly by Riley Sager books, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> um, they both came from Book of the Month, and the third one that I started after those two also did. I can never keep up with Book of the Month. <laughs> I ended up starting them over from the beginning because, honestly, I couldn't really remember anything about them. It had been so long. Um, and it was such a relaxing day. I barely used any technology um, except for updates on the readathon. And I got to shut out the rest of the world and just read. I felt like a kid, and it was just, it was bliss. And it was so nice to have my family support me and be excited for me. It felt like a... When I first signed up, I felt like it was an extremely selfish thing to do, um, but they were behind me 100%, and I definitely came out of it happier and probably a lot better to be around, so it worked out for everybody. <laughs> I am slowly learning that it is okay to be a little selfish at times, and it is necessary for self-care. That word has been used way too much, but it is really so important. 40 seems a little late to be figuring this out, but I guess it's better than always putting myself last forever. Um, and just a quick side note, if you are interested in self-care, mental health, um, and just kind of getting through life, I am adding a special bonus episode every Saturday um, called Self-Care Saturdays. And that's those are going to be the topics and... It may or may not involve books. I am a self-help book junkie, um, and I also find helpful things uh, in pieces of other books. So I will definitely be talking about books, but it's mostly about um, mental health and self-care and just um, growth and improvement and all that good stuff. Anyway, back to the readathon. I will definitely do another one. Um, 
I want to participate more next time. They actually have like games and challenges during the 24 hours, but I was just focused on getting through it. I just wanted to read and see how much I could do. But next time I think I'll try to engage more because it looked like a lot of fun. Um, I would love to have some of you join me next time. I think the next one that they're doing is November 24th and I am in. It was so much fun. The one thing I did find with the readathon is that I usually take some time between books to digest what I just read, you know, before jumping into the next story. And this was just jumping straight from one to another to another. And they were all kind of similar. They were all kind of a similar type of story. Um, I did have one moment where I blurred the two books and had to stop and kind of be like, no, wait, that was the other one. But for the most part, I could keep them separate. So I did want to cover those two books that I finished in this episode um, now that I've had some time to digest the stories. And I got a little extra time because of last week's special episode, which I hope you enjoyed my interview with indie author Carol James Marshall. I really did. And I am really excited to do more interviews. So if you're listening and you are an indie author or really involved in the book world in any way, I would love to interview you. Even if you're not and you just want to talk about books, I'm down with that too. Just message me, books.cats.pod at gmail. So anyway, let's talk about the first book, which is You Are Not Alone by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekanen. I'm not entirely sure how to say her last name. Pekanen? I don't know. Um, So I got immediately sucked into this book, minus a brief unplanned nap because I was cozy in my bed and kind of drifted off. Um... This story is mysterious right from the start. Then you start to think you know what's going on, but then it ends up being so much more. Um, I love this kind of book. Obviously, you know that if you've been listening this long. Um, the chapters switch mostly between Shay, who is our main character, and the sisters Cassandra and Jane. Shay has just witnessed something horrible. She sees a girl jump in front of the subway train right in front of her, and she becomes obsessed with learning everything she can about this young woman in the green polka-dotted dress. Cassandra and Jane meet Shay at the funeral for Amanda, who is the girl in the polka-dotted dress. They're very chic and successful, and they're mourning their close friend. They're also curious to who Shay is and how she knew Amanda. And then things get weird. They meet up with her again and start to become her friends. They help her get a new apartment because her roommate and secret crush's girlfriend is moving in. They give her a makeover. They buy her gifts. They really improve her life in huge ways. Meanwhile, Shay's obsession with Amanda is making her look suspicious. For what she's not entirely sure, but she's had several interactions with the detective, and each one makes her more and more uneasy. But as Shay gets closer to the facts of Amanda's life and the truth, things begin to make less and less sense. And when she finally puts it together, the answer is shocking and changes everything. This book really brings it in the climactic scene and the ending. Um, It had some really nice twists that were maybe not completely unexpected, but definitely not exactly what I thought they were going to be. It was a really awesome book. Andy also reminded me that we listened to an audiobook by this pair as well. I thought their names were familiar. Uh, it's called The Wife Between Us, and that one is also fantastic. Really like those two. 
So I really love this book. Highly recommend. Fantastic. And now let's take a quick break, and then I'll tell you about book number two. Phil Komen book lovers, I'm still on my second language journey, and I love supplementing my learning with Prismatext. They have a ton of great classic books and are adding more all the time. I'm reading great stories that have German words mixed right in. It's such a fun and useful tool for learning a second language. Right now, they offer books in English as the primary language, and the targeted languages include Spanish, French, Italian, German, and Portuguese. Check them out using the link in the show description and use code BOOKSANDCATS, that's books, the letter N, cats, for 30% off your order. 30%. Supplement your language journey while reading amazing books with Prismatext. Welcome back, book lovers. It's time to talk about book number two from my 24-hour, 22-hour readathon. This book is Too Good to Be True by Carola Lovering. For this one, we're going to start by talking about Sky Starling, which, what a great name. She's beautiful, rich, and smart. She has had the same close group of friends since childhood. The one thing she's really lacking is a boyfriend. Like, ever. Sky's hero, her beloved and generous mother, passed away when she was 12, and she developed somewhat severe OCD, which makes her daily life incredibly difficult. After one horrific experience in eighth grade, she does not have boyfriends. She has hookups, yes, but nothing where she has to leave a closed door, because she has a pattern of knocks that she must do before she can open it. While her friends begin to marry and discuss children, Skye feels more and more awful about her short-term, almost anonymous interactions. But when she and her best friend Andy take a trip and she meets a slightly older, handsome Burke Michaels, things heat up quickly. Andy is suspicious and thinks Skye is moving too fast, but Skye is in love, and after six months, they are engaged. Here's the thing. From the very beginning... We are privy to Burke's journal, which he writes to his therapist, his marriage counselor, to be exact, and we see what his true plans are and what he really thinks about Sky Starling. This story proves that the truth can be twisted in numerous ways, and it is surprising and engrossing. I highly recommend this one. I don't want to say anything else because it'll mess it up, but this one's really fantastic. So those are the two books I finished during the readathon. I really enjoyed both of them, and I'm glad I finally got around to reading them. Join me for the next one. They're so fun. So now let's talk about my cats. My cat Strudel is a wild huntress. I'm sure I've said this before. She goes out every night and returns most mornings with some kind of small animal. Um, some dead, some alive. The other day, she brought a mouse and two birds one alive and one dead. Now, sometimes she sneaks in with an animal in her mouth without us noticing, and she apparently brought in the dead bird. I had no idea that there was even a second bird until Sassers came slinking down the stairs with it in her mouth. Then Zeus started following her around the house, and she was growling with the bird in her mouth. Um, It was a very strange sound. It was very, like, wild animal and I find it so interesting how they change when they're in that primal, instinctual mode. So Zeus managed to corner Sassers, and she dropped the bird. I tried to take it. Um, 
I hate dealing with small animals, dead or alive, by the way. And Sasser's growled and hissed at me. This cat is normally like the sweetest little love bug. She can't get enough affection. Um, And I've heard her kind of hiss when we play with her with toys. But this was, it was like she was a completely different animal. Um, I finally did get the bird away from her and she was mad. (laughs) Sasser's usually follows me around the house and almost trips me from being underfoot all the time. But she avoided me all day. And when I did see her, I swear she was glaring at me. Um, She's got quite the personality. (laughs) All is forgiven now, though. She came out to see me during my evening workout, which she usually joins me for. And she was all super lovey again. So we're good. I swear it is never boring at my house. So now it's time for the quote of the week. And I really should just start calling it quotes of the week because I can't ever pick one. Um, I went down a Maya Angelou rabbit hole this week. So prepare yourselves for a bunch of quotes. I love her work and she has so many beautiful quotes. There was no way I could pick just one. Um, so the first one was the one that I was thinking of when I looked her up and then there were so many more that I was like, I have to do several. Um, there might be six. I don't know. (laughs) So the first one is I've learned that people will forget what you said People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And honestly, I find that more and more true the older I get. (laughs) So I love that one. Here's another. (laughs) There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you, which I totally get. I think everybody should write their stories because nobody else can tell your story, you know? Prejudice is a burden that confuses the past, threatens the future, and renders the present inaccessible. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. And then finally, this last one I just love. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. So that is my many, many Maya Angelou quotes for this week. Um, I hope you found at least one that you like. (laughs) I gave you lots of options. Um, And that is all for this Readathon recap episode. Uh, Stick around after the music for my weekly writing project, because it is back this week. We are on chapter 18, and it's a good one. Um... If you want to help support the podcast, please leave a rating and a review, especially on Apple and Spotify. Um, It really helps a ton. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading. Thanks for sticking around, book lovers. Now here's chapter 18 of Heart of the Storm. Harper's feet hurt. She wanted to magic the pain away, but she was drained from maintaining her cyclone of, what, spirits? Gemma, however, seemed better than ever. She moved quickly and expected Harper to keep up. 
She peppered the exhausted girl with questions, filling in the holes in the information she had already gathered. Harper was a little unsettled by how much Gemma already knew. In return, Gemma would answer no questions. She kept telling Harper to wait. She would tell her everything soon. Harper felt her blood boiling. Her skin was hot and covered in a sheen of sweat. Her legs ached, her head hurt, and she was bone-weary and exhausted. Gemma stopped suddenly and held up a hand. Wait, she said softly. Let them go. Harper hesitated. The cyclone intensified. Gemma's hair was plastered across her face. Calm down, she yelled over the wind. Call them off. Harper wasn't sure exactly how, but she focused as hard as she could, and the wraith slowed, separated, and floated slowly away. The girls watched them fade away. Harper felt cold without their protection. She shivered, and Gemma wrapped an arm around her shoulders. The girl was warm, and despite her somewhat rough demeanor, Harper felt safe. A vast change from when they first met. It felt like years ago. Had it really only been a few hours? Gemma turned her around, and Harper saw the forest. She had never seen anything like it. The slender trunks shone with a murky green light, and the leaves that bloomed in tufts at the tops of the trees swayed in a breeze that Harper could not feel. Between them lay a shimmering, iridescent veil. Gemma paused, and Harper saw the briefest moment of doubt cross her strange sister's face. A piercing howl tore apart the night, and Gemma plunged through the veil, pulling Harper with her. The sound of the howl was cut off abruptly as they passed through. The girls stumbled, and Harper reached out to steady herself on a tree. A jolt of electricity shot through her when her hand made contact with the trunk. Harper couldn't let go. Her palm was stuck tight to the pale green luminescent bark. Gemma was frozen. She watched helplessly as the electricity flowed through Harper. Defeat filled her bones and made them heavy. She'd been tasked with protecting her. They'd made it. They should have been safe. Gemma had never seen anyone react to the trees in this way, but she hadn't been around for very long. A slight tingle, warm and reassuring, was all she'd ever felt from the trees. A hum behind her eyes that seemed to start in her heart and travel with her blood. It was a pleasant feeling that Gemma enjoyed very much. Harper was screaming. Sort of. Her mouth was open. The vibration had forced it open and she found she could not close it now. She was not making any sound. Her body was trembling way too hard. It seemed to be happening on a cellular level, and it was not a pleasant sensation. Hold on, cried a voice from somewhere above. A short, broad-shouldered woman with dazzling green skin appeared among the trees near Harper. She threw a rope of woven vines over a branch high above her. Grab the rope, she called. Hold on tight. Harper did as she was told. The woman did a swan dive out of her high perch, holding the other end of the rope. As she fell, it grew taut, and Harper was lifted swiftly into the air. Her hand was yanked from the trunk with an audible snap and the smell of singed flesh. Gemma held her breath as the woman neared the ground. At the last second, she swerved upward, propelled by delicate silver wings, like those of a dragonfly but much larger. She scooped Harper out of the air before she could come in contact with the tree again and carried her gently down to the ground. The woman placed her down gingerly and hovered with her toes just inches from the ground. She bowed low before Harper and Gemma. 
Welcome, daughters of death, she murmured. You may shelter here as long as you wish. You are safe here. Her eyes slid over their faces, and Harper felt a pang of warning in her belly. Something wasn't right. You, miss, the woman said, addressing Harper. You may want to avoid the trees. They seem to like you a little too much. She chuckled at her ominous joke and turned toward the deep, murky light of the forest. Follow me, she said, and began walking away. She didn't turn to see if the sisters followed. Harper looked at Gemma and raised a questioning eyebrow. Gemma shrugged and shook her head. They both looked at the path the woman had taken through the trees. She was just a shadowy figure in the distance, and soon they would lose sight of her. With one last look, the girls plunged into the forest, hurrying to catch up with the strange woman. Gemma was puzzled. She thought she knew everyone in the eastern forest, but this woman was unknown to her. Her look and manner were also a little off, but she had saved Harper. Gemma just had to hope the woman was actually on their side. Shaking the doubts from her mind, Gemma hurried after Harper as they plunged deeper and deeper into the forest, chasing a shadow. Thea was angry. No, she was always angry. This was far, far worse. She was disappointed. She remembered the life she'd once had. She remembered the happy times with her friends, her supposed sisters. Thea sneered at the memory, the happiness and blind trust of youth, the price she'd paid for her sister's vanity. Thanks to that witless boy of Kiki's, she was once again free. Not alive. The cold of death lay deep in her bones and was a constant reminder of what awaited her. But not yet. She had another chance. And there was one who could give her the second chance she deserved. Somewhere nearby, her new pet howled, and a chill raised the fine hairs on her arms. She loved the sound, terrifying to those he stalked, and also filled with his own anguish. Thea smiled. She was happy to be home. And that is the end of Chapter 18, Book Lovers. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some real fun stuff coming up. Again, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah.